Welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We hope that you enjoy this message and that it speaks to your heart. Today, I want to tell you a little story. Some of the best times of my life have been a horseback. Now, I know that all of you guys don't get to ride horses and all that stuff, but being a pastor of a cowboy church and, and just knowing a lot of ranchers and stuff, I am able to do what they call day work. And that's where you go to certain ranches and you work there for the day or two or three or however long the, you know, it takes to work uh, cattle and all that. Well, this past week, I was able to go to a, a ranch in Canadian where a friend of mine's the ranch manager there and uh, was able to work a couple days this week helping them wean their calves. Now, here's the other side of it. My kids are getting old enough to where they can go with me. And we have a horse. His name's Nacho. You know why his name's Nacho? Because he's Nacho Horse. That's what I'm saying. I tell my kid, <laughs> that's a dumb child joke, but my kids get a kick out of it. <laughs> so anyways, so they, we have this amazing uh, kid horse, and so my kids get to go nowadays. And so we go, and uh, we get up at 4 in the morning. Um, Tuesday, we got up at 4 in the morning. My son, Hank, and I, he's 8. Uh, and then Wednesday, we got up. Madeline and I got up. She's 10. And uh, we drive, drive to Canadian, get there at dark, and sleep while we can, you know, before the sun comes up. Then we get out, and it's still dark, and we line up with the other cowboys, and we trot out in a 2,600-acre pasture in the dark to go to the back of the pasture so that the cow boss can drop us off in the back of the pasture and along the back side of the fence, and then we can gather a herd of cattle. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, that's heaven to me. Any, anybody else that would say that's heaven to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to be a, a part of that. But here's the other blessing of it. I get to do it with my kids now. I would advise not taking your kids, you know, if they're six and under. <laughs> I tried that before and get scared and start crying and they lose their hat majority of the time. You know what I'm saying? Been there, yeah. And, you know, and so it, bull gets next to him and they start crying, you know. And so anyways, so I took my kids this week. And on Wednesday, I took my daughter, Madeline. If you're like me, you like to give advice to your kids, right? I mean, you got to coach them. You got to tell them what to do and kind of how to do it so that they can do it right. Well, we're in the back of the pasture. I'm just giving my kid advice. How many of you guys give your kids too much advice? <laughs> you're like, go there. Stop. Come on. Get over here. You know, all that stuff. Well, I'm, I'm a guilty of that too. But I gave my daughter some good advice when we were in the back of that pasture and it was still dark and we're standing there and she's excited and we're excited because we get to gather. I think it was 320 head right there in this one pasture. And anyways, uh, so I just told her, I said, hey, babe, here's the deal. If you don't know what to do, just keep your eye on the cow boss. That guy, that his, this was Travis. Travis was leading our group. We had probably had 10 or 12 cowboys out there. The guy named Travis, he's the cow boss. So as we're driving, if you can see him and you know what he's doing, if he's moving, you move. If he's stopping, you stop. If he motions for you to go over here, you go over there. If he motions for you to stop, you stop. If you will keep your eyes on the cow boss, your job will not only be fun, but you'll actually get called back and they'll actually want, want you to work again. And, and here's the cool thing. In, at this ranch, uh, my kids actually get paid to go. Um, they get paid 50 bucks by the owner of the ranch. Um, and uh, so that's an incentive as well to get up at four in the morning for my kids, you know, and eat donuts, you know, and, and get out there. And so, and miss school. That's exactly right. Miss school. They're like, hey, dad, you going to work tomorrow? You going to work tomorrow? I'll go back. But I just told my daughter, I said, hey, if you don't know what to do, just look at that cow boss and just keep your eyes on him. When you get to the corral, if you don't know where he's going, then you're probably behind and you probably aren't you know, going to be there when he needs you. 
And so just follow the cow boss, keep your eyes on the cow boss. Here's the point. I think it's the same in our lives and in the life of our church. Here's the truth. God has called us to do a a work. He's called us to do some amazing things. And if we want to have fun at it, even though it's hard work, even though the dirt's in our eyes, even though we're eating dirt a lot of times spiritually, all that stuff, if we want to be able to accomplish what he has called us to do, then we have to keep our eyes on the boss. Amen? Amen. (laughs) But here's the thing. As followers of Jesus, we have been called to do his work, right? And if, again, if he says, hey, I want you to move over here. Hey, I want you to stop. Hey, I want you to go do this. Hey, I want you to start this. Hey, I want you to stop this. Then we need to keep our eyes on him so that we can head in the direction that he wants us to go. And when we do that, guess what? It can be fun, even though it's hard. And we can get a lot done. Well, when it comes to Thousand Hills Ranch Church, God has never let us down. From the beginning, we have tried to keep our eyes on him, and he has blessed us for it. I don't know if you notice the miracles that God has done in our church. I mean, just having a full house today is a miracle. Can I get an amen? (laughs) I mean, we meet in a cell barn where the smell of money is all around, and flies are here, and sometimes it's freezing, sometimes it's hot, and we still have people show up. (laughs) Amen? I mean, that's a miracle. I'll go back to my kids. Here's what else I noticed. Because I spend time with them daily and I I see them almost every day, a lot of times I don't notice how much they've grown. Let me show you this. It's not until people that haven't seen my kids in a while go, dude, your kids are getting big. They're getting tall and they notice how much they've grown and how beautiful they've become because they have not seen them in a while. Here's Here's the thing I think about our church sometimes. I think sometimes we are so close to the miracles of God that we really don't see them. And sometimes we forget what he has done. And so here's the thing. Today I want to remind you of some of the things that God has done in our church. First of all, we started in 2010 at the Woodward County Fair Barn. How many of you guys were there when we started? Anybody? Yes. A bunch of you guys were there when we started. That was a sweat box. I don't know if you, this is before the renovation, right? The East Barn, we met met there. I would show up on a Sunday morning at about 6 o'clock, and I would show up in a T-shirt because I was sweating through my shirt before I got done setting up. Then I would change shirts, and we would fight over who was going to sit in front of the porta-cooler. Remember that? I mean, we had two porta-coolers, and if you got there early, you got to sit in front of them. Otherwise, you're sweating with me. Right? So that's where we started. We started with a core group of people. There was only two couples. It was myself and our family and then another couple that we had asked to start this venture together that started our church. And out of those two couples, God has done some amazing things. Amen? I mean, it's amazing. And so we opened our doors in 2010, and here's the other side of it. We have been blessed for the last five years to be able to use this facility with, you know, from Jerry 9 for free for free yeah so jerry pays the bills and i want you to every time you see him thank him on behalf of our church because he pays the bills he cleans the place i mean his workers clean up all this stuff they get it ready for us i mean they do it all and so we're very thankful for that that is a miracle from god because if we were to have to pay for this right now i mean again we would have never been able to afford it you know at the beginning but Uh, I'll tell you some other things that that miracles that have happened. We've been able to host multiple arena events. 
in, in our church, our front door to our church a lot of times is our arena. In other words, we're going we're gonna to play in the dirt with people and then through building authentic relationships with those people, they're hopefully going to come through the doors of our church and meet Jesus. Does this make sense? Yeah. And so, and so for the last five or six years, we've been doing ranch rodeos. We've been doing cow dog trial. We've been doing a cold starting competition, barrel racing. We did a bull riding. We've done all of these events so that we could reach unchurched people. And guess what? God has blessed us. We have a waiting list. Every ranch rodeo that we have, we take 24 teams and we have a waiting list. We have, we have I think, over 80 people, 80 women in just our second barrel race show up for our barrel race. I mean, we had a cow dog trial and we had over 75 dogs show up to our cow dog trial. And guess what? Here's the cool thing. I would imagine, and I'm just guessing and I don't know people's hearts, but I would imagine at least half of the people that come to those events are unchurched. You know how many churches would love to have that many people come to one of their events? A lot of them. So you say, is that a miracle? Absolutely. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, and so we have been blessed to do events with excellence. Uh, the other thing that we've been blessed with is amazing teams. I don't, I don't know if you're a part of a good team on, at our church, but you are missing out if you're not a part of a team. We have a howdy team that greets everybody. If you have a horse, we would love for you to join the howdy team so that you, all you have to do is stand out there and wave and smile. I mean, it's that easy, right? I mean, I know it's fixing to get cold. We'll, we'll build you some leggings and we'll get you warm. We'll buy you a pair of woolies or something. We'll get you a wild rag and we will hook you up so that you can sit out there. I'm telling you, the people... Uh, they don't ever, I don't say they, they don't ever, but you know what people remember about our church a lot of times? It's the people at the front door and the horses. I'm just telling you. When you drive by on Highway 412 and you see a horse guy waving at you, you're going, what the heck is that? I'm telling you, Wes knows this. People that have done this, uh, horseback stuff, the messengers, I mean, they, they know this. It makes a world of difference. I mean, we've had people come off of the street and, and come to our church just because we had a horse standing outside. I'm just telling you, it's a blessing. And because of the teams that we have, our Hattie team, our Ranch Kids team, our Ranch Youth team, all the Mending team, all those people that serve on our teams, we are blessed. We are blessed. Amen? <clears throat> and so that's a miracle in and of itself. And I appreciate every one of you guys that volunteer and do that. Here's the other thing that I, I believe we're blessed with and a miracle that, that I want to remind you of. We have great music. Amen. We have, we have some pretty amazing music. I mean, some of you guys like to go to the honky tonks and that's okay, but I don't think the honky tonks have anything against us. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is a honky tonk of heaven. You know what I'm saying? And we love it that way. You say, why do you sing a secular song like Alabama Mountain Music on Sunday mornings? Well, you know why we do that? Because we have unchurched people all the time walk through our doors and they're thinking, everybody's going to be weird. <laughs> and then they show up and we're singing Alabama, play me some mountain music. And all, you know what they do? They go, this is awesome. They do it. So you say, well, why do we do that? And why do we have such an amazing band? Because they're, I would say, number one, their hearts love Jesus. And number two, they're willing to give the time and grit and, and you know, all the effort that it takes to set all this stuff up every week for the last six years. <laughs> every week. Yeah. 
And so that's a miracle in and of itself, and I'm so thankful for that. And I know that you guys wouldn't admit it or not, but some of you guys come because of the worship, not the preaching. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real, okay? It's okay. I'm not going to cry. But anyways, so you say, well, what else? What are some other miracles? I'll give you a few more. You know what? We've been able to give generously back to our community. Amen. I would say, and I don't know the figures, but I would say over the past um, six years, we've given over $75,000 back into the community. Yeah. And, and, and you say, well, why do you do that? Well, here's what we found. If I, if I can feed somebody who's hungry, guess what? They open their heart to hear about the good news of Jesus. But if all I do is give them some spiritual verse or Bible that they can't eat the Bible, they can't. I mean, again, so we have to feed them, we have to clothe them, we have to pay some of their bills, we have to give them a leg up so that they will be open and softened to be able to hear the good news of Jesus. And we've done that. We've clothed people. We've clothed children. We've provided beds and, and diapers and all kinds of stuff for the foster families that are taking on foster kids and, and, and blessing that child's life by taking them in. We, we've, we've paid electric bills. We've paid gas bills. We've paid trucks off for people so that they could get out from underneath a payment that's killing them because of the generosity of our church and the miracles of God. Um, and so, again, we, we are blessed to be able to meet the needs of the people in our community. And I would say all around the world. And you say, how do we do that? Just the coffee. I don't have any coffee. I have some water. But just the coffee that you drink here on Sunday mornings, guess what it does? Every cup that you drink goes, a portion of that money that, that we purchase the coffee with goes to feed and equip and to be able to provide for 87 missionaries all across the world. Phoenix Roasters Coffee is coffee that matters. And because you drink it every Sunday, and if you want to buy it, we sell it by the pound. You can serve it to all your good friends <laughs> because it's kind of an expensive deal. But a portion of it goes to feed farmers that create the coffee, that, you know, that grow the coffee. They pay a fair wage to the farmers that farm our coffee. You know what that means? They pay 400 more percent than the Starbucks, than Java Dave's, and all those other places so that those farmers can make a good living, not just get by. And that's a good thing. <clears throat> and here's the other side of it. Those farmers in, in Guatemala and Honduras and Panama, they pay for missionaries, like I said, 87 of them all across the world so that they can do ministry. To me, that's a miracle just by drinking coffee. I didn't drink coffee till I was 40 years old. And we got Phoenix Roasters coffee. I hated coffee. Now, I love it. As long as I got a little bit of sugar <laughs> or a good sweet and low and a lot of creamer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anybody with me? But, but I'm just telling you, that's a miracle. Here's, an, here's another uh, couple and I'm done. You ready? Our church has been blessed to have uh, some great resources. And I, don't, I forgot to grab one, but our next step booklet is a booklet that, that explains what the next step is once you've given your life to Jesus. Here's what happens. A lot of people give their life to Jesus and they're like, okay, what do I do now? I mean, I just made a decision. How do I become a disciple? Well, we've created a next step booklet that through our graphic designers and, and through money, excuse me, we've been able to design all of that. And now here's the cool thing. We have made a choice to give that resource away for free to any church that wants it. Yeah. 
And so, so here's the thing. Over, we've, we've offered it on Facebook. I mean, we have all the PDF files and all the DWG files to where people, they can, we can get their email. We can send them all those files and they can print as many as they want. They can put their own logo on it. They can change it all they want so that they have a great resource for people to know what to do once they've given their life to Jesus. That's a great thing. We have over 20 churches already, and we've only been doing it for a couple months, that have taken advantage of that and are using our resources in their church. That's an amazing thing. Yeah. Here's, the, here's another cool thing. Two years ago, we started two gatherings in this barn. You know why? Because we didn't have enough room in our 1030. So we have a 9 o'clock and a 1030 now because God has blessed our church. I don't know, that's, that's an amazing thing in and of itself. A few years ago, you, many of you guys know this, the Lord blessed us with a gift of $2 million. $2 million. I don't, I don't know if you can wrap your mind around that. I still get, you know, kind of queasy and want to cry like a little baby when I think about that because I'm looking at other churches and, and, and you know, they may have $14 million budgets and they've never received a $2 million gift. And I'm just thinking, our church, a cowboy church in Northwest Oklahoma got a check for $2 million? I don't, I don't know if you think that's a miracle or not, but I do. And here's the cool thing. It didn't hurt God's wallet. I mean, God sold a few cows, <laughs> and he provided for us, and I thank God for him. You know what else that is? It's an answer to prayer. You know why? We've been praying for God to bless us, and he has done it, and he can continue to do it, and is continuing to do it. And you say, well, what's the next thing? Well, with that gift and through the giving of our church as a whole, through your tithes and offerings, we've been able to purchase 30 acres debt-free. Amen? It's an awesome thing. <clears throat> we broke ground in 2013, and we did it uh, cowboy style <laughs> with a disc and our horses, Babe and Bullet. That's how we broke ground in 2013. We got the dirt work done debt-free, and so we paid for all the dirt work. We've designed a church that is according to our purpose to reach unchurched people. If you want to drive by it, it's uh, two miles south of Hank's Trail on 8th Street, and you will notice that it looks just like a barn. That is intentional. There will be no stained glass. There will be no steeples because we believe that we have been called to reach unchurched people all across the world. And so we are blessed with that. We've designed it, shown all that stuff to the architects and they've designed all that. And we've created a church and we desire to create a church not only for the unchurched, but for our church family as well. For each of you guys that give every week. This year alone, we've gotten uh, to pour the concrete slab, as you can see. We've done all the in-ground, in the, in the ground of the, the concrete to be able to have the electricity and the plumbing and all that stuff done. Uh, the worship barn is almost in the dry. We were going to plan a potluck dinner tonight. We can't do that because there's workers working, blowing in insulation into our barn. Thank goodness. I can skip a meal. How about you? <laughs> Um, and so the, the, it's almost in the dry. The windows are hopefully going to go in this week. And we have a fancy front door that we're going to put in and all that stuff. The children's barn, it, the materials are on their way. And so hopefully in the next week or so, we're going to be able to start putting up the children's barn where we can reach kids for Jesus. So that's an amazing thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I say all that and you say, well, why are you saying all this? Well, those are just a few of the 
the miracles that God has done in our church. And it's all because we've tried to keep our eye on the boss. But let me say this. All those things are great. All of those things are great miracles to be thankful for. But I'm telling you, while those things are amazing, they aren't the biggest miracles that we've experienced in our church. You know what are the biggest miracles? It's when somebody goes from death to life and gives their life to Jesus Christ and they are able to spend eternity in heaven because they've come to know him. I want, I want to show you something, and this is maybe not a, a big a illustration as you think it is, but I think it's a pretty amazing illustration. These are orange cards. I know they're not orange, they're white, <laughs> but we call them orange cards. But here's the thing. In just the last two years, we started, uh, we started collecting orange cards, so not even for six years. These are all the orange cards that have been turned in just in the last two years. You know how many are here? 575 cards. 575 cards, and you say, well, what do these cards represent? Well, they represent hundreds of unchurched people who have felt welcome in a church for the first time in their life. This represents hundreds of people that have been able to come to church and and pour out their hearts in a prayer request, and we are able to pray for them. This represents hundreds of people that have given their life to Jesus Christ and been baptized in a river or a horse trough. Amen. I mean, yeah, I don't know if you, you know, think this is a big deal, but this is a big deal. And every one of these means something to me. And every one of these have been followed through and and have been talked to about their decision. I'll give you just this year alone. Okay. Just this year alone, we've had over 120 orange cards turned in over 120 first time guests just since January. Yeah. We've had over 75 prayer requests turned in through our orange cards. We've seen, I would say, 25 people be baptized just this year. That's an amazing thing there. And you say, are these miracles? Absolutely. Every one of them are miracles. And and here's the thing. We have made it one of our values, and this is really our, our overarching value, is that we value life change. All the sweat all the money, all the setting up, all the tearing down, all the stuff that we do, all the horses that have been saddled on Sunday mornings to come greet, all the children's workers that have served in in ranch kids, all of that is because we want to see lives changed. And so here's the thing. I praise God that he is using our cowboy church, small in some respect, do some big things. And here's the thing. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. I want I want you to hear a promise in Ephesians 3.20. It says this. Now all glory to who? God. To God. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely what? More than we might ask or think. I mean... That verse in and of itself is a promise. If we will just keep our eyes on the boss and just say, okay, boss, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do you want to show me? What do you want to do through our church? You know what he says? I'll do infinitely more than what you ask. 
I don't know about you, but that's an amazing thing. I just thank God for all the miracles that he's done. Now, on the other side, I want to say this as well, because we always like to keep it real. I think a lot of pastors can candy coat things and make, sure, make it feel like, you know, warm and fuzzy. And, and we have some great things to be, you know, thankful for. But let's keep it real. Our world is struggling. <laughs> I don't know if you watch the news. But it's, it's a crappy world that we live in. Here's the other side of it. In our town, we obviously live and die on the oil field. The oil field's dead, has been dead. The cattle market is the lowest that it's been in five years. And so here's the realness of this. I, I know that that affects your life. I know that affects, you know, the life of our church. But here's the cool thing about God. Even in spite of a terrible economy, God's economy is not affected. Amen. He's still doing some miracles in and through our church. And here's the thing. It may be obvious, but as our church grows, our needs grow. And so can I just share with you some facts about our finances? A lot of people wonder, where, where does this money go? What, you know, what are we spending it on? What's the ministries that we're doing? Well, we've always tried to be transparent with what you give and what people give, and we want you to know what our needs are. And so I want to... I draw on my board over here real quick a couple of the figures that I want you to know about so that you can you can understand where our church is at right now our average if you take income okay and some of you guys don't care about this but some of you really do and and you should our our income our average monthly income has been monthly since January $19,000 okay that's pretty good. I mean, you think, well, that's, that's, that's good money. And it is. But here's the thing. Our expenses, let me show you our expenses. Our expenses, if we just take our operating, just for us to operate, that means salaries, that means website, that means office supplies, just stuff that we have to have to operate, that's no ministry, is $16,000. That's one full-time staff and five part-time staff members. And then all the other stuff that I mentioned. Um, and, and this does not include any ministry. None of the events that we do, none of the outreach that we do, none of that. This is what it takes for us to be able to survive. Now, you, if you take an average of our monthly operating and you add in the ministry that we do, this is, I don't know how to spell when 300 people are staring at me. <laughs> ministry. If you add in the ministry part of it, we have spent since January $31,000 a month. Now, some of you guys are like, okay, I'm not very good at math, but you bring in $19,000 and you're spending $31,000? That's not good. And, And you're not a very good money manager, and I'm not. I hire fancy people to take care of it, okay? But here's the thing. You say, well, why are you smiling about that? Well, because here's why. We have been blessed with people that have advised us and we've made some right decisions in our ministry. And, and, and for the last year and a half, we had enough money to, to be able to spend on the ministry because here's why. We were a quarter ahead in our finances with, you know, with the church. And you say, well, what does that look like? Well, that means if it costs $140,000 for a quarter of our ministry, then we put back $140,000 a year and a half ago, and we've been able to spend that money so that we can continue to do ministry. Is that a cool thing? Yeah. 
And so you say, well, what's happening now? Well, can I just be honest with you? That money's been spent. (laughs) That money has been spent. But that said, to meet our budget, I mean, with the operating and all that stuff and all the things that God has called us to do, we need $39,000 a month to meet our budget budget that includes you know all of our operating costs our ministry costs the utilities and some of the expenses that we have even with our building just being in the dry they charge you electricity (laughs) i don't know if you knew that or not but you have to pay for that and uh so that would cover all of the ministry and all the operating costs um in in our church now let me give you let me give you a few scenarios and you say why are you sharing this with it because here's why if you don't know how you can help then you can't help and so it's my desire to tell you the things that we need and so that you can uh, step up and be able to help. Um, our average monthly attendance is 325 people, okay? About 100 in our 9 o'clock and about a 225 in, a, in, our, in our 1030 service. If you take 325 people and you look at this average, um, if people, you know, gave $19,000 a month at a 325 people, that means we're, you know, the church people per person are only giving $61 a month per person, okay? Now, that's okay. If that's all that you can give, that's fine. But let me show you what a little bit of uh, increase or a little bit, if you just give just a little bit more, how, how much it can make a, a difference. If you were to give, if 325 people were to give $100 a month, then that would equal 32000 $500. If, if 325 people gave $100 a month, are you with me so far? I know this is math and I hate it, but this is simple. Okay, so if you give $100 per person, it's $32,500. That would almost meet our budget, right? I would almost meet it right there. Now, if somebody uh, says, well, I'll I'll give $125,000. If they give $125,000, that is $40,625, or I don't know how you say it. I'm not a math guy. $40,625, okay? Just if a a family or each individual would give $125. One more. If you give $150, then that equals $48,750. Okay? Just by you giving $150 a month. Now you say, well, what's 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 the meaning of this? Well, to me, it's amazing that we can take what we would think maybe is a little bit of money, and when we put our money together and the resources that God has blessed us with, it can make a big difference. I mean, look at it. $39,000 is what we need. If people were to give $150 a month, then we could, we could be over our budget by almost $8,800. And now, you say, well, what's, what's all that look like? Well, let me give you one other scenario. If you make $1,500 a month, if you just make $1,500, 10% of that, which is what the, what the Bible calls a tithe, is $150. Now, some of you guys make that, and that's okay. I mean, if that's what you make, praise God. It's $1,500 you didn't have yesterday, right? But here's the thing. A bunch of you make four times as that, that much. And, and I believe that God, you know, wants you to, again, he wants you to examine your heart and he wants to, you know, ask you to give what you can, right? And so you say, well, what's the point? Well, I believe that God can do 
what he wants to do through the life of our church and continue to be able to minister in the future if we will look at what he's asked us to do and we will give according to our means. Now, you say, well, okay, Bo, does, does that mean you're just out to get our money? <laughs> A lot of people, when I start talking about money, they're like, that old preacher, man. He's just out to get, you know, money so that he can buy some more M&M's. You know, he just wants a new truck. You know, just wants some more cattle and all this stuff. Listen, here's what I've always told people that, that want to raise a red flag when the preacher starts talking about money. Here's the truth. I don't need your money. <laughs> and you say, are you independently wealthy and we just don't know about it? No, I'm not. <laughs> but here's the thing. The Bible says that if I will give, God will take care of me. Not if you will give, God will take care of me. And so here's what I've learned. Because I give the 10% or even maybe more than, than what God has asked me to give, he's going to provide for my needs, whether you give or not. Does that make sense? And so the truth is, I don't need your money. And guess what? God doesn't need your money either. You know who needs your money and needs to, to receive the blessing from giving it? You. I mean, that's the truth about what God says. And guess what? It's, even, it's not even about an amount. It's about your heart. It's about what God wants to do through your heart. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Now, if you've ever given money to the church and you thought, what the crap? I don't, I don't even trust this pastor. I mean, he doesn't even know how to spell. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't even know why I give to this church. Listen, if you give your money in that kind of attitude, I would ask you not to, not to give it anymore. You know why? Because God's not going to bless you. He's not going to bless you if you give it without a cheerful heart. He's just not. Here's the other side of it. Some people, they make hundreds of thousands of dollars, and when they come to church, they're like, dude, I got a five. I got a five. I think I'm just going to tip God today. Listen, can I just be honest with you? God doesn't need your tip. You know what he wants? He wants your heart. He wants your heart. And if all you do is tip him every now and then, I'm just telling you, you are missing out on the blessing that he has in store for you. You look at, you look at your needs and you think, how am I going to provide for this? How am I going to do this? Again, I, I believe in God enough to give you a guarantee. And you say, well, what's that guarantee? Um, Mike, or Malachi 3.10 says this. Look at it. It says, bring the whole what? Tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then what does it say? Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much what? Blessing that there, is, there will not be room enough to store it. <laughs> I don't know. You, you go, am I supposed to test God? Probably not in any other situation than this one. The Bible says that you can test him. And you say, well, oh, is he going you know, to make me rich? Probably not. But he will meet your needs. And here's the cool thing about it. The Bible says that he's going to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out his, you know, so much blessing that there will not be room enough for it. Guess what? He's already done it in our church. <laughs> I mean, what else could we ask for, right? I mean, he's already done it. 
And here's a promise that I will promise to you. Every dime that you give, we're going we're gonna to use it to, to bring unchurched people to, to Jesus. There are so many people. And by the way, we have a rainy day fund. We have $140,000 in a rainy day fund. You know what that covers? Six months of our income if we need it. Okay, so we're good. But here's the promise that I'll give you. We are not a savings and loan company. A lot of people say, well, you need to have $500,000 laid back just in case. No, listen, we're going to walk by faith. We're going to be prepared. But at the end of the day, we're going to use every dime that you get. We're going to spend it all. You know why? Because that, that one dime can make a difference in eternity. And we're not going to hoard God's money, keep it in a savings account so that we can be secure. We're going to use every dime of it so that we can reach more people. That's what we're going to do. And here's the other thing. We believe that God will do what he says uh, so much that we are going to give you a guarantee. A guarantee. Um, about a few months ago, I, I, I shared this with you. But we have a, a three-month tithe challenge. And this is working for, I'm talking to teenagers here. If you have a part-time job, I'm talking to you, not just the adults. But we have a three-month tithe challenge. If you give 10% of your income for the next three months and God doesn't meet your needs, then we will give every dime back. Every dime. And you say, Bo, how do you do that? We do that because we believe you won't want it back. You know Why? There have been people who have taken this challenge in our church and I've talked to them after they've taken the challenge and they go, hey, guess what, Bo? I began to give my 10% and guess what happened? I never knew it was gone. I never missed it. God provided for every need that I've ever had because, because I gave a portion back to him. And so we're, we're gonna guarantee that. The truth is this. The, the point of all this is if we would do our part and give generously with a chill for heart, God will take care of of us and he's going to change the world through us and so you say okay but what's what are you asking us to do today well here's what i want to ask you to do i want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second i want you to just in this this moment of silence you know as some soft music plays i, I just want you to prayerfully consider giving your tithe each month. Again, I don't need it. God doesn't need it. But God wants your heart. And so my, my desire and, and my, what I'm asking you to do today is to consider making a commitment to give your 10%, which is a tithe, to the church so that we can reach more people. And so some of you are here today and you just need to say, okay, God, you said that in the word. You said that you're going to provide. I'm going to test you. But I'm going to do it in a right heart. I'm going to do it in a, with a cheerful heart. Because I understand that if I give it in a resentful heart where my arm is pinned behind my back and I feel like I have to, then it's going to, it's going to you know, not allow the blessings to be poured out. And so some of you need to make a commitment today to say, maybe you need to ask for forgiveness first and say, okay, God, I know that I've neglected um, giving a portion back to you. And today, I'm asking you to forgive me of that. And I'm asking you to give me the strength to write that first check to your church so that we can grow the kingdom of heaven. And you say, Bo, how do we do that? 
We have a whiskey barrel out there in the front door. You can slide your, your envelope or whatever it is. It's tax deductible if you want it. You can slide your envelope in that whiskey barrel and we will use that money for the glory of God. The other side of it is if you're tech savvy, you can get online. You can give online. It's secure. It's professional. You can even make a, 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 a plan to where it takes it out of your bank account. All that stuff is, is so that it'll make it easier for you to be obedient to God and be a blessing to Him. But here's the thing. I've tried to show you that if we would just keep our eyes on the boss, what he can do. And I want you to remember the miracles that he's done and the future that is bright for Thousand Hills Ranch Church. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you I thank you for all that you've done in the life of our church and I thank you for what you're going to continue to do. And Lord, I know that there are people here that are struggling. They don't maybe have a job. And, and so Lord, I pray that you would just help them to be faithful f- with what they do have. But for many of us, we have jobs and, and you've provided that for us. And every dime that we've gotten has, is a gift from you. And so Lord, just show us what amount, what percentage or you know, just reveal that to our hearts and may we be committed to you in giving a portion back of what you've given to us. Lord, thank you for the miracles that you've done in our church. And I thank you for the ones that you have yet to do, that you're going to continue to do in the life of our church. And so, Lord, we praise you. It's all for your glory. It's all for your glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. To close our service today, we're going to do something that some of you guys may have never done, and that's we're going to take the Lord's Supper. Um, it's an exciting time. Some people think that it's a, you know, kind of a somber time, and in some churches it is. But we come today to celebrate what Jesus did on the cross by dying for each of us and then rising from the dead so that we can be set free from our sin. And so that's why we do the Lord's Supper. Um, and I'll give you, I'll give you the... The words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, it says this, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which, which is for you. Do this in what? In remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes and so you say well why do we do the lord's supper well there's two reasons we want to remember what jesus did on the cross and we want to thank him that he's going to come back and save us from this evil world amen that's a great thing um and you say okay but well who can take of the supper like, who, who's able to take of it? Um, here's one of the things that we do at our church. If you're not a member of our church, it doesn't matter. You're free to take of our supper. It's okay. But I want to give you a couple biblical requirements that God set aside for each of us to follow, okay? The first one is this. If you don't know Jesus, then the Lord's Supper is probably meaningless to you. And so we would ask that you would not take of the supper. Um, and, and you say, well, how do I come to know Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Because it says in John three sixteen that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 
And so today you can know him. And I'm going to give you a, a minute here in just a second to, to make that decision. The second requirement for taking the Lord's Supper is this. The Bible asks that we are, we are right with God. In other words, we've confessed our sin, and as far as we know it, we have been forgiven of our sin, and we are clean before him. And you say, well, what does that look like? Well, look at 1 Corinthians 11. It says this. It says, therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an what? unworthy man there will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the lord a man ought to what examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the lord eats and drinks judgment on himself and so you say what does that mean well here's the thing the Bible asks us, and, and the Word of God asks us to examine our hearts, to confess our sin, so that we're right with Him before we take of the supper. Okay? Those are the two requirements. And so I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a, a second longer. Again, some of you guys today, you need to give your life to Jesus. Romans 10.9 says this. It says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so today, listen, if, if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart and you're here today, I would encourage you, now's the time. We are not promised tomorrow. And Jesus died on a cross for you so that you could know him personally. And so maybe... Right there in your chair, you just need to pray this simple prayer in your heart. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know I can't do any of this on my own. And so I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, the Bible says that you, since you have confessed Him as your Lord and Savior, that you are now saved. So guess what? Now you have a personal relationship with Jesus. You say, is it that simple? It is. It's not about the words. It's not even about your mind. It's about your heart. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and, and accept him and confess him as your Lord and Savior, you are now saved. And can I just tell you, that's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. Some of you are here today and you've accepted him a long time ago. Maybe, you know, when you were a kid or whatever, but you haven't been living right. You haven't been obeying his word and, and following his ways. And today, you need to confess that sin. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, I need you to forgive me. I know that I've sinned against you. I know there are areas in my life that, that I've done on my own and not according to your word. And I just ask you to forgive me and make me right with you. Listen, I hope that if that's you here today and you know that you're not right with the Lord, that you prayed that prayer and you became right with Him today. Lord, I thank you for the people that are here today. They're not here by accident. They're here to hear from you. 
They're here to remember what you've done in their lives and in the life of our church and to look forward to the future as well. And Lord, as we open up the, the, the juice and we open up the bread and we partake of it today, I pray also that we would remember what you did on the cross and that we would look forward to your return. It's in your holy name I pray. pass out the bread, I would just pray, that, uh, just ask that you just hold on to it, and I will instruct you here in a minute when we will take it. Thank you. Let's pray together. Lord, we come to you, we want to thank you for the sacrifice you made, that, uh, the breaking of your body, that we may have the benefits of life. We say these things in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, this is my body which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we just thank you for your sacrifice on the cross of your son, just uh, for letting him pour out his blood for our Savior, and just uh, pray that you would just let us take this blessing into our body. It's in your precious name we pray. Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray again. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for the joy of knowing you. I thank you that you went to the cross for us even while we were still sinners, even while we were still dirty, you died for us. And so thank you for your mercy, thank you for your grace. Thank you for pouring out your blood so that we could be forgiven by it. And so Lord, we just praise you for that and we thank you for all your blessings. It's in your holy name I pray, amen. Thank you for taking time to listen to this message. If you have made a commitment today or have questions, you can contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or 
580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.